0: Tonight at Ground Zero Meetings, we'll be discussing uh, moving into Step 2. You know, As we processed less, uh, Lesson 1 or Step 1 last week, you know, we realize that we have to start reaching out for help. You know, we need help to overcome these areas that we can't do it on ourselves, do it by ourselves, that we naturally progress into Step 2 is that we, we realize that we, we need more help. You know, and that we had to come out of denial. That we can't continue to try to control things and do things our way because our way doesn't ever work. You know, we, we try to manage it. We try to, to find a way to, to make it work. And we continue to find ourselves slipping or falling back into the area that we're trying to get free of. You know, that we, we don't like releasing control. We like being in control. You know, and that's why we have to come to this understanding that as long as I'm still trying to manage it, we have trouble finding the freedom that we are so looking for. That there's these patterns, these behaviors that are insane. You know, when we really look at it from the outside and that we see ourselves going through these motions and we don't understand why we're doing it. You know, and if we were to really look at someone else doing some of the very things that we're doing, That we would have great advice, but yet when it comes to us and and being able to find freedom, somehow we're not able to apply that same advice. You know, that, that it's truly the insanity of going around and around and around. You know, that the definition is that we continue to do the same exact thing and we expect a different result. You know, that step two is that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. You know, that I came to believe that Jesus Christ could and would restore every area of my life if I let him. You know, I I really struggled with this, you know, one, as a an, an atheist in the early recovery, you know, that all the God stuff really got in my way. You know, because I was still trying to figure it out on my own. You know. But realizing that there was areas in my life that I could not change no matter how hard I tried, I began to pray. You know, and for me anger and shame were two areas that I knew that no matter how hard I, I tried, I could not make those things go away. So I began to pray. You know, and nothing happened as as many of us have prayed for the first time and Nothing happens, and and sometimes some of us right now are praying, and nothing's happening, or it's not happening the way we think it should, and it's not happening the way that we want it to. You know, so God's not behaving himself very well. You know, but the truth of the matter is, is that He is working all these things together for good according to His purposes, not ours. You know, and as we come to this understanding that I need God, you know, in my life, You know, that other programs, you know, have generalized it. You know, it could be the brooms, it could be people, it could be a squirrel, a doorknob. That we don't believe that. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only God and He is the only one that can set us free. You know, but if you really look at the foundation of AA, you know, a God of our understanding, that everyone sitting in that room at that time was a Christian. You know, and we have to understand that that the Word of God is the foundation by which we we come to an understanding of who God is but the importance is that we are beginning to realize that I can't change my alcoholism, I can't change my addiction, I can't change my lust, I can't change my depression, I can't change my anxiety I can't change my overeating, I can't change, fill in the blank that no matter how hard I try to manage this area of my life I find myself falling back into it. You know, no matter how much I want it to change, it doesn't change. You know, Paul wrote, writes in Romans 7 is, why can't I do the things that I want to do? And why do I continue to do the things that I don't want to do? You know, that it's our sin nature. That we have this nature inside of us that's gravitated towards sin. That we desire it. That we long for it. That we turn to it. You know, and we have to realize that these areas of sin aren't easily overcome because Jesus wouldn't have had to die if it was so easy for us to overcome these things on our own. You know, that we have to understand that this insanity of going around and around and around and around, you know, is the the very reason that we need God to break us free from the things that we're doing. You know, That when I allow Jesus into the depths of who I am, that things begin to shift. You know, that I'm a new creation. What does that mean? That I'm all of a sudden never going to sin again? No. That all of a sudden when I accept Jesus, that I don't want to sin anymore. And when I do sin, I'm convicted. That my heart is regenerated. Why is my heart regenerated? Is it because of something I did? No, it's because of Jesus. You know, in Ezekiel 36, it says that we have this heart of stone and, our heart is made flesh, not by anything that we do, but it's by His name. So that when we begin to call on the name of Jesus in whatever situation that we're going through, things begin to shift, even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, especially when we don't feel it. Because so often we're driven by our emotion. You know, and what AA has taught me is that my feelings aren't facts that emotions lie to me. You know, and I've had to tell myself that over and over and over and over and over again. Because when my emotions rise, I begin to react. And normally I begin to run. You know, I'm a runner. I like to run. You know, most of us are runners. You know, we've been running from reality. We've been running from our emotions. We've been running from our pain. And we've Found something that gives us comfort, at least in the moment. And we've spent a decade or more in these places of brokenness. And now that we're trapped and enslaved to our sin, enslaved to this addiction, enslaved to this lifestyle, enslaved to this mindset, we don't know how we got trapped here, and we certainly don't know how to get out. That, you know, our best thinking got us here. You know, that we, typically can't think our way out of it. You know, we have to act our way into new thinking. You know, and it's difficult at first because we don't know what to do. You know, and that's why it's important that we, we reach to people for help, that they begin to, to give us some suggestions that aren't really suggestions, and that we begin to pray, and we begin to ask God into these situations. You know, I've learned in my own life, and I've watched it in other people's lives, The amount that we want change is significantly affected about how much we're praying about this area to change. You know, if I want this area to change very little, then I'll say, God, will you help me to change this? And then we'll keep it moving. But when we really, really want to be free, that we labor in prayer, asking God, pleading with God to restore, to heal, to change. You know, and... I didn't quite understand the being restored aspect of this because you know it talks about being restored out of insanity and and the fact of the matter is that I've always been insane, so I didn't see how this was going to be relevant to me, but to be to restore something it's to make it better than it ever was. You know, and when we ask Jesus into our lives we become better than we ever were. You know, that we may be good people and we may have done good things. But when Christ begins to change our lives, our motives change, our reality change, our desires change, our heart changes. You know, everything begins to shift and to change, and He restores, you know, not only our minds, but our bodies, our lives. You know, He breaks off addictions, He heals depression, He he heals anxiety. He breaks off whatever it is that we lay before him and say, God, I'm ready for you to take this. But it's so important that we realize that our prayer life is really the most important piece to this puzzle because we come to this understanding that I can't change myself. I can't change the fact that this thought popped into my head, but I can come to God and say, God, please take this thought. You know, that I remember in the very beginning that I would think of a drink and a drug, or I would think lustfully, and I would get so consumed with this thinking pattern because I've been turning to this as a solution for the majority of my life. So just because I decide to take a step away from that that thing or that person or that place doesn't mean that all those thoughts are going to go with it. That I have to realize that this is part of who I am now. And for my identity to be out of one thing and into something else, I've got to take off the old nature and put on the new nature. That I have to come before God and say, God, you have to heal my mind. That you have to take this addiction away. That you have to take this depression away. That you have to take this anxiety away. That you have to take this fear away. You know, And we begin to come before God more and more and more every time that we think these types of thoughts. That we come before God and say, God, take this. I can't do this anymore. That we begin to come before Him and say, I don't want this anymore. And it's so important that we realize that the amount of time that we spend in prayer really begins to show what it is that we want. That for the majority of our lives, we've been looking to the wrong things as a solution. You know, that we've had idols in our lives, you know, whether it be. An idol in a bag or a bottle, or a idol that's a person, an idol that's a, a fantasy in the sense of you know maybe you know some sort of vocation or you know destiny that I have this idea that I, I'm going to get an education and I'm going to be this type of a person. I'm going to own my own business or I'm going to be you know something, you know. But what we realize is that without Christ, no matter what we accomplish in our natural lives is never enough that we want more we want more we want more but then when we come before Jesus and say I can't do this anymore that I need you in my life that things begin to shift and things begin to change that he begins to change things on the inside that all of a sudden I don't desire that thing that I'm trying to get away from and we don't always know when exactly this transition begins to happen but we come before the Lord and we say, God, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to let go. You know, I'm ready to forgive. You know, and Maybe we're not all in these types of places, but it's in our prayer life that we begin to make ground, that we begin to believe that God can restore, that Jesus is going to heal us, that Jesus is going to transform us. That he is going to break off the insanity of turning to the thing that we're trying to get away from as a solution to get away from the thing that we're trying to do. You know, we go around and around and around, and we don't understand why it is that I, I find myself going back to the very thing that I'm trying to get away from. It's because we like instant gratification. That I want an instant solution to this problem. I've been doing this for a decade. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this for the majority of my life. But now I'm ready to stop it, and it instantly has to go away. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to trial. God, just do exactly what I'm, I want you to do right now in the moment. And the fact of the matter is that there is suddenly that Jesus can move in this type of a way. But the reality is that most of the time he doesn't. Most of the time, he, he wants us to build a relationship. Most of the time, He wants us to, to begin to, to work through principles and, and learn how to overcome, learn how to pray, and learn how to fight spiritually, that our weapons are not carnal, that our weapons are spiritual, that we begin to understand our Word, that we begin to read our Word, that we begin to rely on other people, that we reach out to accountability partners, that we come before Him over and over and over again saying, restore me, change me, heal me. Transform me. You know, that if we continue to do what we've always done, we get what we've always got. That I have to begin to do new things and not know what's gonna happen. And for us control freaks, not knowing what's gonna happen freaks us out. So a lot of times we take a step or two and then we, we gravitate right back to you know what's comfortable even though it's painful, is that I would rather be in pain than be out of control and afraid. You know, so often that the fear of change or the fear of the unknown keeps us stuck for a long time. But when the pain of staying still becomes greater than the fear of what change might be, is when we begin to be motivated. You know, the sick and tired of being sick and tired you know i remember very clear when i was just so tired and worn out you know i've been doing this in and out in and out you know i've been trying to get sober for a decade you know i've had a year sobriety and and let it slip away and spit and sputtered and tried and in and out and got sixteen months and then relapsed you know and it's like I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it. You know, and it's so overwhelming to think that I can't do this. You know, but the truth of the matter is, is I never could do it. You know, just because I, I, I've tried to do it, and just because I'm prideful enough to hang on, but there wasn't a real change on the inside of me. You know, I'm a firm believer that we don't relapse we don't turn back to sin when we've had some distance from it, because we're trying to have a good time. We we go back to these things because we're in so much pain and we don't know how to make it go away that we we turn to something as a an instant relief. That I want instant gratification. So I don't know how to wait on God, you know. I, and it's so important that we hang in there in those tough times that we. We pray and we reach out for help that we we trust that there is gonna be breakthrough, that he does restore, but it does not happen overnight. So often that we give up before the miracle happens, so often we give up before breakthrough happens because we we try. You know, and the great words of Yoda is that there is no try, you do or do not. You know, and because I remember very clearly that. As long as I'm trying to get sober, there's always something that pushes me over the edge that pushes me back into my addictions. As long as there's something out there that can push my buttons that the enemy waits for that opportune time. He waits for that moment and he pushes that button and then we gravitate back to what we naturally desire and that's to escape you know that I remember very clearly you know even really before I understood the Lord the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said "Do you try to get high and I'm like is this a trick question you know and I never I never try to sin I always accomplish it the second I've made up my mind to go nothing stops me it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter how far I have to go Once I've made up the mind to go, I'm going, you know, and and I set my will to it, you know. So when I have to, to learn that if I can set my will towards destruction, I can set my will towards Jesus. I can set my will towards holiness. I can set my will towards godliness. Now, granted, it's a little bit more difficult because there isn't that instant gratification But this is where prayer comes in, and we have to ask the Lord to guide us. We have to ask the Lord to help us, because I can't do it on my own. You know, you know, this step talks about I came to believe. You know, just as many of us came here tonight. You know, there was a a hundred, many, a thousand, many decisions throughout your day that led you to here. You know, probably even one of those decisions being, I don't want to go tonight. You know, and yet you're here. You know, and even as you got in your cars and you began to come here or you walked to the car and got a ride here, there's all these little decisions that you had to make. You you came because you made many decisions. You know, as we come to God, we have to make a, a million little decisions to turn to Him over and over and over again. That it isn't like I just believed and then it was over with. No, I'm constantly in this pursuit of my relationship with God. And I'm constantly in this pursuit of understanding His Word. I'm constantly in this pursuit of believing that He is the only answer to my problem, whatever it may be. You know, that I have to realize that if I keep doing what I've always been doing, destruction will happen. You know, and maybe I can get away with it for a minute. maybe. I can dabble with it. Maybe I can, you know, test the waters. Maybe I can dip my toe in the pond and not get completely, you know, drowned in my pain. But usually that that doesn't last long. You know, once I start dabbling with the wrong things, you know, one's too many and a thousand's not enough. That I find myself falling deeper and deeper into that same old trench, that same old rut. You know, and I find it that it's harder and harder to get out. That I have to trust that there is a different way to live and I don't know how to do it. And I need God to teach me how to do it and I need people to teach me how to do it. You know, and then I have to come alongside of other people that are doing the same things that I'm doing. That I can't continue to hang out with the old crew and the old crowd and go to the same places that I used to go to and expect that I'm gonna feel freedom. You know, and that's why they say that we have to stay away from people, places, and things. And so often we resist this because this is what's comfortable to us. You know, going to the old old people and going to the old places and having the old things that we don't think that it's such an extreme thing that I need to change. But the truth of the matter is, is, as long as I'm doing those old things, old behaviors are very close, you know, and... I had to realize that I had to change everything, and it was scary. You know, and the only way that I was able to push through that fear is is turning it over to Lord over and over and over and over again. You know that the first step is really this declaration that I can't do this. You know, and the second step is a declaration that you can do this. You know, and that we believe that God can restore us. That we believe that Jesus is going to transform us, that we believe that our lives are going to be different. You know, I can't change the thought that pops in my head, but I can turn that over to Jesus and I can believe that He can heal my mind. You know, that I can arrest the thought and bring it back to the obedience of Christ, that I can pull down these strongholds, you know, and that I can learn to fight, that I don't have to just. Be bombarded by these negative thoughts. I don't have to be bombarded by these addictive thoughts over and over and over and over again. That I can begin to say, God, you got to come into this place and you have to heal my mind and you have to take these thoughts away because I can't make these thoughts go away, but you can. You know, and I remember battling unforgiveness. You know, I can't make this anger go away and I can't make this depression go away and I can't make this anxiety go away and I would begin to block the thought and I would say God you can do this, God give me the willingness to forgive, give me the willingness to let go that I began to believe that God was the solution to my problem and I began to pray differently because I I wanted change you know when we want change we begin to pray differently because we believe that God is the solution, God is the answer now so often as I've seen people in recovery and people that are familiar with the 12 steps, they step over this step without even realizing that they're doing it because they believe in God. But what it is that you believe about God is a very important piece to this step. I can have a belief in God, but I also can have that same belief that, that God can't restore me, you know, that I am broken past restoration that my problems are too big for God to handle. Or I'm too insignificant and unworthy for God to pay attention to my issues. You know, and so often that people in the checklist of doing our steps, that I believe in God, check, step two. And even I believe in God, check, step three. You know, and we overlook the principle that in this step is that I believe that God can restore. It's not that I believe in God, that I believe something about that God that I believe. you know. So for me, when I transitioned from a God of my understanding, which basically was me with superpowers in the sky, which is not a good, good plan for anybody that, that's thinking about doing that, but when I transitioned to an understanding that I needed Jesus in my life, that it gave me structure to what I believed, and as I began to investigate Christ, I began to realize that He was a loving God and He was a restoring God and He was a transforming God and that He was there next to me and that He was there with me and that He was going to love me no matter what happened. You know, and this is a God that I can believe can restore. And later on, this is a God that I can turn my will over to. And if I don't believe that this God loves me, and I don't believe that this God can restore me, how can I ever turn my will over to Him? And so often we struggle with this because I don't know if I believe that God can restore me. I don't know if Jesus really can love me. He can love you, but can He really love me? Do you realize all the things that I've done? And I carry this shame around me because I don't believe that God can really love me. You know, and this is the the epitome of this stuff, is that I came to believe that I'm asking Jesus into my life. I'm asking Him to transform me. I'm asking Him to forgive me. I'm asking Him to heal me. You know, and and in this transition that I'm justified, that through the eyes of the Father, He sees me covered in the blood of Jesus, that He sees me as bought and paid for, that He sees me as... His beloved, He sees me as loved. And that when I'm loved, it changes the game. That when my shame is broken off because He's forgiven everything that I could possibly have done wrong, and He gives me the power then to begin to forgive the people that have sinned against me, that the condemnation begins to be stripped away because I believe that He loves me. And if He loves me, He'll restore me. If, I, if He loves me, He has a plan for me. If He loves me, He has a purpose for me. If He loves me, He's going to take me to new places. If He loves me, He's going to get me out of this thing, that, this place, this struggle that I'm in right now. And it's so important that we come to believe that He is going to heal, that He is going to restore, that He is going to transform, that He has a purpose for all the pain that I've ever been through. If we don't believe that and we just believe in a God that we don't believe that he can restore us, that it's a false belief system, that we don't pray as much because we don't think that he's listening. We don't pray as much because we don't think he's going to heal us. We don't pray as much because we don't think that we're worth being restored. So it's so important that we look at the principle of this step. And the understanding that Jesus wants to restore us even more than we could even want to understand how much He wants to restore us. You know, in Romans 38 it says, "How deep, how far His love for us." You know, if He loves us this much, doesn't He want to restore us? You know, and when we really get down to the the truth of the matter, is is He reached out into the depths of our darkness and brought us here in the first place that we did not do this on our own that he in his love for us began to reach into our darkness and even get us prepared for change now it may taken us a couple of years to get to the place where we're getting some traction underneath our feet so we're actually ready to do it his way <clears throat> you know i'm a a firm believer that aa got me to god and my sin brought me to jesus and everything that I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous, and everything that I learned in the process of working those steps and going to those meetings, prepared me to receive Jesus. You know, and prepared me to deal with Christians, to be honest with you. So that's a whole other story. You know, that God works everything together for good. Now I'm a firm believer that if you're struggling with a drink or a drug, that you need those types of programming. program. And I still go today. You know, it's very humbling, and and there's a place that I still belong, that I earned that seat. That I think that it's so important that we don't push that away. You know, and many of us, maybe we don't need that. Maybe our struggles are something different. But we need accountability, and we need support groups. That we need people in our lives that understand what we're going through. We need people in our lives that can speak truth into our lives. That we need people in our lives that have been restored, that have been transformed, that can speak into our darkness and speak truth into the situations that we're going through. But it's so important that we let God into our darkness, that we don't limit Him and His abilities. And so often we believe that God loves people, but do I really believe that God can love me? You know, And so often we don't think that He wants to restore us because we have this mix-up in our belief system. So it's so important that we come to this understanding that we believe that He loves us and that He wants to restore us. That He wants to use our past pain. He wants to use our past hurts. He wants to use our past sin as part of our testimony of how loving and how awesome Jesus Christ really is. So I have prayed many times for God to use my pain. Whatever it is that I'm going through right now, God, use it. Use it as a testimony. Use it to glorify you. Use it to show other people that they can be restored by Jesus. You know, so I, I really encourage you to really evaluate what it is that you believe about God. Do you believe that He can come into your situation and restore you? Do you believe that He can set you free? And then ask yourself, Am I praying about this situation as much as I'm thinking about the, the negative side of this situation? You know, am I asking for help? You know, it's so important that we, we have accountability, but it's also so important that we're praying. You know, that we can't just go through the motions, you know, because if I don't invest in my new life, I will return to my old life. in a a great way to invest in my new life as I'm planting seeds of faith by praying over and over and over again throughout the day. That when we want freedom, we pray so much more. Would you bother your heads with me? Lord, I thank You so much. I thank You for all that You're doing. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would come to an understanding that You love us and that You want to restore us, that You want to heal us, that You want to change us, And someday that You'll use us to help set the captives free. That You'll use us as beacons of light in someone else's darkness. But Lord, I pray right now if there's an area that we're struggling with, that there's an area of darkness in our lives, that we would reach to You because You're the light of this world. we would ask You in to the depths of who we are and that we would allow You to light up our darkness. That we would come to an understanding, that we would come to believe that you can and will restore not only our minds, but our lives, our families, our finances, our bodies. Lord, there is no limit to what you can do. That you are an almighty and all-powerful God, that you can restore and heal every aspect of our lives. So Lord, I just come before you tonight and I ask that you would move, that you would break off areas that we've been struggling with for a long, long time, Lord, that You would pull down these strongholds, that You would give us breakthrough. Lord, I believe in Your suddenlies. I believe that Your hand can move. I believe in miracles. Lord, but I also believe that You teach us through the trial and through the process, Lord, and I pray that You would encourage us and give us strength. In Jesus' name I pray. Many, many, amen. amen, amen.